Please join me in the prayer for illumination now. Almighty and everlasting God, in your tender love for us, you sent your Savior, our Savior Jesus Christ, to take upon himself our nature and to suffer death upon the cross. Give us the example of great humility. Mercifully grant that we may walk in the way of his suffering and to come share in his resurrection. Within the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today's Old Testament lesson is a reading from the prophet Isaiah, the 50th chapter. We'll begin with verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of a teacher that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. Morning by morning he wakens, wakens my ear, to listen as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear. I was not rebellious, I did not turn backward. I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. The Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint. And I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who are my adversaries? Let them confront me. It is the Lord God who helps me. Who will declare me guilty? This ends our reading. Thank you. 
The Gospel lesson from Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. Listen with me for the Word of God. After he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethpage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who went uh, were sent, departed, and found, found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus. And after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Cincinnati, that great city in the state of Ohio. Cincinnati, home of the Reds, including last year's Rookie of the Year, Jonathan India. Cincinnati, home of the Bengals, this last year's runner-up for the Super Bowl. Cincinnati, home of the greatest radio station that never existed, WKRP. It's an interesting name, isn't it? Cincinnati. Where did it come from? Well, there was an organization around the time of the American Revolution called the Society of Cincinnati. Likely got its name from there. You see, there was, back in ancient times, a mighty army general. His name was Cincinnatus. And Cincinnatus was retired from being an army general, and he liked to work the land as a farmer. But there were some enemies approaching ancient Rome, and the people were feeling vulnerable, so they called up Cincinnatus and said, we need you. We need you to come out of retirement, and we need you to defend us. We need you to save us. Come help us. So Cincinnatus got up from the farm, he went, and he reluctantly uh, became a benevolent dictator. But just for a short period of time, he got the job done, then he retired all over again, went back to the farm. During the time of the founding of this country, some people remembered that old story of Cincinnatus and said, that's just like our own General George Washington. A mighty army general who retired after leading the Continental Army and went to be on the farm. But then our country needed him 
to step up out of retirement and become the president. And so that was George Washington's nickname, Cincinnatus. That's where the name comes from. Because the people were so eager to have a leader in George Washington like the leader of old. No doubt that was the same mentality for the people on Palm Sunday long ago. You see, Jesus was not the first person to be greeted this way. There were others, others who were claimed to be the mighty kings and leaders that would deliver the people of Israel. And they would be greeted into the holy city of Jerusalem in this exact same way. They would take their cloaks and spread them out on the road and they would break off the palm branches and they would wave them high for everybody to see. Jesus was not the first one. There were these strong army generals who were supposed to be the saviors. So when the people shouted Hosanna, which means save us, it came from an authentic place deep within them. They, they, they wanted to be saved. But these palm branches that they held, the same ones that we hold today, not only do they represent our desire for salvation, they also represent our misunderstandings, our confusions, Yes, Jesus came to save, not as an army general on the battlefield, but as the suffering servant. And when he entered into the holy city and began that holy week, he would lead the way for you and me. Palm Sunday. This is a pivotal day for us within the church because during the season of Lent up until now, we have been marking these days with self-sacrifice and repentance, hoping to experience spiritual preparation for what we would experience this week, remembering the drama of what Jesus experienced on our behalf. As we read the story from sacred scripture, we get a sense of who Jesus is what Jesus does for us. Why does he do it for us? Well, that story goes all the way back to the very beginnings of the Bible. In Genesis, we read about how God created humanity in ultimate goodness, beauty, and love. To be in relationship with God, to be in relationship with each other, and to be good stewards of the earth. God gave us the beautiful, humble task of gardening and farming to take care of the creation. But then, by our own mistakes, grave errors, our selfish undoing led to an inability to live in community with each other, a, a disability to living in right relationship with God. Because God's holiness and righteousness could not be in connection with sinful people that we are. We read about this in the Old Testament, and then in the gospel narratives, we read about Jesus, God in the flesh, coming into this world to save us. As we heard 
from the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 2, beginning in the fifth verse. Jesus did not regard his equality with God as something to be exploited, but Jesus humbled himself, taking the form of a servant. And it's through his life, death, and resurrection that we would have the ability to be united with God. It's only by the grace of God revealed in Jesus Christ that you and I can experience full salvation. Hosanna means save us, and we are right to call out to God to save us. We need saving. The idea of us needing saving, I think, I think has kind of fallen on hard times lately. We love to think of ourselves as so able, so competent. And we love to praise those who are able to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps and make a way for themselves. Besides that, in so many of the stories that we have loved and appreciated, like Disney movies and fairy tales, there's, there's been an appropriate feminist critique about the sort of toxic masculinity that clouds so many stories that we know about saving. One of the perspectives about what happened at the Oscars, that Jada Pinkett Smith, that she didn't need anybody to save her. I can appreciate that. She can stand up on her own two feet. And as much as that critique has been a helpful corrective for our society, let's be real. We all need saving, all of us, because we are sin-sick people. We are not able to save ourselves. We are only only coming close because of what God provides for us in Jesus. Hosanna, save us. I believe that Jesus saves us from and saves us for. Jesus saves us from and saves us for. Those are two different words, but they have different implications. They're both prepositions. And I want us to get our prepositions straight. I once knew about an English teacher who got so frustrated um, trying to teach prepositions to her students, and she was just so frustrated. I went to console her, and I said, there, there, there. <laughs> so Jesus saves us from. What does Jesus save us from? Well, for starters, he saves us from a life apart from God. Without Jesus, there's no chance for us to be in connection with God. Jesus saves us from a life apart from God, life lived in this world and eternity. What do you find yourself wanting to be saved from? Ever thought of that? What's threatening? What's imposing? What's scary? I asked this question to our preschoolers this last week during chapel time. I said, what do you want to be saved from? And a couple hands shot up right away. 
and they all agreed on the number one answer, germs. And the second answer, bugs. Recently, I went to visit a church member at the hospital, and to visit at the local hospital, you need to enter through a certain doorway, and you need to put on a face mask, you need to answer some questions uh, as a COVID-19 screening. Makes sense. But I noticed right beside the desk where they're screening visitors, a brand new sign. It wasn't there just the week before. This sign is about six feet tall, a few feet wide, and it says, violence against our team members, patients, or guests will not be tolerated. I'm reading this thinking, do we really need a sign that says this? Is this what society has come to? And it even gives clarification in case you didn't know what it meant. It says, no verbal abuse, no hitting, no threatening language, no sexual abuse. We need to be saved from ourselves. We need to be saved from each other. You and I are sin-sick people who live in a broken, fallen world where we suffer the consequences of other people's mistakes and sinfulness. We need a Savior. Not only to save us from the troubles of this world, but Jesus saves us for something beautiful. Jesus saves us for a life with God. If Jesus saves us from an eternity apart from God, Jesus saves us for a life with God. And that's a life that we live now in the glory of God's kingdom. But yes, it is also a life to be lived in eternal glory in all the saints of light. We are saved for holy living in this world, to be a part of what God is doing to bring salvation. You and I are saved for God's work. The work of bringing about healing and wholeness in this world to people whose lives are broken, whose families are hurting, to communities in need of hope, you're a part of it. Your voice is needed. Your generous contributions are valued. Your self-sacrificial service is a part of what God is doing to bring salvation to this world. So whether it's sin in Cincinnati or sin in Salisbury, Jesus has come to save us. We are so right to shout out on this Palm Sunday, Hosanna, save us. But let's, let's be clear. There is no army general coming on the back of a strong horse with a spear in his hand. We have Jesus riding humbly on the back of a donkey, coming to offer his own life 
the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you have come into this world to save us from what would be a miserable life, a life apart from you, a life disabled from community, a life unaware of your love. And, oh God, you have saved us for a life to be flourishing in harmony with your work in the world. So grant us your grace once again that we can get on with it. Bless us, we humbly pray, as we continue to step into this holy week. Amen.